This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 82 of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show comes from March 21st, 2014. First up, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com is in. He is in talking to Greg all things thermodynamics of cooking. Second segment today, Pitmaster Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue. Harry Sue is in. Harry is in today to talk to Greg about the judging side of KCBS. Let's get right to it. Here is Greg and Meathead from March 21st, 2014. Uh, Meathead, let's talk a little bit uh, thermodynamics of cooking. Well, you know, I'm, as everybody who has ever bumped into my website or listened to the show knows, I'm really interested in the science of cooking and the science of barbecue. And why not? Because cooking is really a science experiment. It's physics and chemistry. And understanding what's going on when heat hits meat is really uh, going to help you improve your uh, your skills. So I, And I also work with um, a physicist, Dr. Greg Blonder, whom you guys have probably heard me mention. And he's helped teach me an awful lot. Um, and uh, let's start at the very beginning and talk about um, the different ways heat um, impacts food, and then we'll talk some more about the difference between heat and temperature because there's a big difference. Um, and um, let, let's start with, uh, you know, if you've been around for a while, you may have heard the old expression that there are basically three ways of heating food. Actually, there's five, but it, it circulates on the Internet that conduction is uh, when your lover's body is pressed against yours. Um, convection is when your lover blows in your ear. And uh, radiation is when you feel the heat of your lover's body under the covers without touching. Huh. So, okay, those, those are really actually fairly good, simple uh, examples. To get more specific, conduction is the transfer of um, heat or energy um, by direct contact. Um, you cook a hot dog in a hot pan, um, it's cooking by, by conduction. The heat from the burner is transferred to the pan. The molecules in the pan vibrate. They pass the vibes onto the wiener, and uh, the surface of the meat gets hot, and then the heat from the surface of the meat gets transferred down into the center, and that's also conduction. Um, and, and also, I mean, an example that we all know real well is grill marks. When you put your meat on a grill, that metal grate conducts heat directly to the meat, and it's very intense heat. The metal has um, a lot more molecules than air, so there's more heat built up in metal than in air, and that's why the hot metal of your grill grates brands the surface of the meat, and you get that wonderful dark hatch mark surface, um, or if you put it in a pan, you get the nice even brown surface that gives you all that great Maillard effect flavors. So, that's conduction. Um, convection. Um, that's when a fluid surrounds the food and warms the meat. Now, air is a fluid. Water is a fluid. Um, uh, Isn't oil, air a gas? Go ahead. 
uh, gas <laughs> is a fluid. Um, no, no, so, no, no, no. Isn't air a gas? It's uh, it's oxygen right, and right, but, but it's also fluid. It, it, it fluid dynamics, aerodynamics is the the it, 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 gases are fluids. Gases are fluids. So um, um, conduction, yeah, mm-hmm. conduction is um, uh, when heat is transferred by a fluid such as gases or air or water. Um, and uh, con- uh, convection, I should say, convection. Um, so if you cook your hot dog in the kitchen oven where it's surrounded by hot air, it's cooking by convection. Now, there are ovens that are called convection ovens, uh-huh. and they have like a fan that actually circulates the air more, yep. um, and that speeds it up because the hot air is moving by and you have more heat in does that, contact Do you think that's really, uh, that, does that really work? I have convection ovens in my house. Did I get taken like a sucker? No, they, it does. They speed it, um, and, uh, and boy, I'll tell, tell you what you do. You take a whole chicken and throw a whole chicken in your convection oven, you will get uh, skin shatteringly crisp. Oh. Just like a piece of paper. That's absolutely the best um, chicken skin. Uh, in fact, I, got, I just bought a fan that I'm going to try to install in my gas grill and see if I can, because everybody wants crispy yes, skin. of course. That's the great, nat, even in competition, um, bite through skin. So I'm still trying to figure out how using circulating air might help out in that whole process. Um, and boiling a hot dog in water is also convection because it gets a flow from the heat underneath. It creates um, a convection flow and boiling in oil. But because water is more dense and has more molecules in air, it cooks faster than air. Because oil is more dense and has more molecules than um, uh, water and air, it cooks even faster still. Um, so um, uh, it, 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 it um, is a... Uh, completely different than conduction, although there's energy in contact, it's the flow of the fluid surrounding it. The, the next kind is radiation. And this is really interesting stuff, and it's easy, easily confused. Um, it's, this is actually light energy of sorts. Um, if you put your hot dog on a coat hanger and hold it uh, alongside a campfire, it's cooking by radiation. It's the light energy that cooks it, um, and um, uh, the, the sun puts out radiation. It comes a long way, but it keeps its energy until it strikes your skin. And, um, and of course, I think I sent you a picture of some charcoal there. That's a really classic example of radiation. In this case, infrared radiation, really high heat um, radiation. And uh, there you go. And uh, charcoal... That's radiant heat, um, and uh, uh, that packs a wallop. Uh, and uh, um, so let's say we take a grill. We got two grills, okay? Let's say we have two grills, two gas grills, four burners each, okay? And we're going to put one gas grill, we're going to turn two burners on high and leave the other two off. Yep. And we're going to put a prime rib and a steak on the side where the burners are off, indirect. the indirect side. Right. So the hot side where the burners are on going to create hot air. It's going to flow around the meat on the other side, and it's going to cook by conduction. I mean, by, by convection. Yes. It's hard to keep the I agree. Straight. Okay. Now let's take the other grill and 
turn all four burners on and put the steak and the um, uh, roast on that. And we're going to adjust the heat on both grills so the air temp is 350 on each. Well, by the time the roast on the one where all four burners are on, by the time that roast is done, the bottoms of both the roast and the steak are going to be as dark as a charcoal Sure, briquette. of course. Because you have radiant heat coming from below. And radiant heat's carrying a lot more energy than convection heat, which is on the other grill, flowing around with the air. They're both measuring 350. Now, there's a better way for me to explain this, and it's really kind of really well, easy to understand. Turn on your oven and put a pan, uh, an empty um, frying pan in there, and another frying pan filled with water. And let it sit for about 30 minutes until everything in there is 200 degrees, right? Okay, so you put your hand in the oven, and you can probably hold your hand in a 200-degree oven for maybe a minute or so. It's warm, it's uncomfortable, but you can hold it in that warm air, 200 degrees for a minute or so. Now, stick it in the hot water. You got about a tenth of a second before you are blistered (laughs) and burning, and you're on your way to the hospital. They're both 200 degrees. The difference is, is that water has more energy. That's more heat. They're both the same temperature, but there's more energy. Now take your other hand and lay it on top of the other frying pan, just the hot metal, and you will smell smoke. Oh, yeah. And that's because the metal pan has even more concentration of hot molecules. They're bouncing around. They're all vibrating, and they're delivering a lot more energy. So everything in there is 200, but some types of energy... Uh, the, the heat uh, of, of the, uh, of the um, different objects uh, is different. And, and Dr. Blonder explained it to me really well, and it, it's a good example. Um, he said, think of um, the, uh, the, the average wealth of Americans is maybe, what, $40,000 a year. But the cumulative wealth of Americans is trillions. Yeah. Well, the average of the energy in that oven is 350, but the individual energy in that hot metal pan or the water is much higher. There's more energy. There's more molecules vibrating. It's much hotter. Um, and, and, and that's a really in, in, interesting way to think of it. Um, um, so it, it's pretty, it's pretty big difference. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. And there you have the artist formerly known as Meathead Goldwyn. Today we know him as Meathead. Before we jump into today's second segment with Harry Sue talking a bit about competition barbecue judging, got to ask you, are you following the Big Barbecue Central Show on social media? Much appreciated. Easy to do. It is at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter and slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Please, please, please give the big show a follow. All right, let's get to it. Here is Greg and Harry Sue from March 21st, 2014. My next guest is typically taking part in barbecue contests as a champion pitmaster, but recently decided to take a look from the other side and give it a go on the judging table here to recap. That portion is Pitmaster of Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue and friend of the show, Harry Sue, joining us. Uh, Harry, how are you, buddy? I'm 
doing wonderful, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Harry. Appreciate you asking. Been a little while, so good to play catch up with you. You know, uh, I guess a few different topics that we can hit here tonight, Harry, but obviously, as I just mentioned in the open, uh, you kind of switched the table on yourself and, uh, you know, obviously known for being a championship pitmaster, uh, but this time you head into the tent for judging. Did you just have, like, time to kill? Were you looking to see what it looks like, how the other half live? What was the uh, the precipitating event to get you into the judges' tent versus providing food for the judges? Well, I have been spending about, what, six or seven years now on the competitive side, and I thought it was time to sort of find out how the scene looks on the other side. Uh, some people call that the dark side or the competition side, the dark side, depending on which side you're on. So I thought, hey, you know, it would be nice to kind of cross over and perhaps work my way slowly towards another credential that uh, I'm kind of seeking. Is uh, you know, I think it would be really nice to have a master judge uh, credential to you know accompany, say, a grand chairman pitmaster title. So I'm going to be spending a lot more time on the judging side of the fence, and I know I have just so much to learn about the world of barbecue and even from the other side. Now, you know, a lot of KCBS cooks are certified barbecue judges themselves. A lot of them aren't. Um, are you, are, so are you currently a CBJ, and now you're going to be working towards the mastership? I actually uh, became a CBJ in uh, 2008 in my very first year. And um, since then, I've judged uh, invitationals. I've judged backyards. Um, you know, but I've never actually judged a uh, official KCBS contest. So a couple of Saturdays, Saturdays ago near Sacramento, I had my first uh, dive into the world of uh, judging, and I had a terrific time, met a lot of new friends, and uh, I'm going to continue that journey. Harry Sue joining us here on the show, slapyodaddybbq.com is website if you want to check him out here while we're talking. Uh, Harry, if you could hearken back, and maybe you've had uh, some refresher courses since you took it in 2008, but if you could kind of explain what a judging class for a uh, potential CBJ is like, uh, what goes on in there, uh, how they're instructing you, you know, what's good barbecue, what's bad barbecue, what it should taste like in your mouth, what it shouldn't taste like. Uh, just for those of us who haven't been in there and, and might be considering it, what could Okay, uh, it's a, a half-day class, uh, usually put on by a veteran KCBS uh, official. In my case, uh, I had my class uh, back in 2008. Uh, I believe uh, Gene Gorkachir was my instructor. And they basically cover kind of the rules of the don'ts, do's and don'ts. When you are a barbecue judge, uh, they teach you to be open-minded and to appreciate the fact that, you know, there can be more than one flavor profile that uh, you could keep a perfect score. You actually get to eat barbecue in a barbecue judging class besides just covering all the rules and regulations. And uh, in eating these barbecue samples, you are exposed to a different uh, kind of diverse array of different kinds of presentations and uh, different kinds of meats, some with garnish and some without garnish. And, uh, you know, you go through the entire process in a theory as well as a practical portion of the class. And at the conclusion of the class, which lasts about half a day, uh, you receive a designation as a certified barbecue judge. Now, you, you currently have zero on your logbook. And what you want to do is you take a logbook with you to every contest you judge, whether you're a table captain or you're an assistant or you're actual judge, uh, you get a little sign-off. And when you collect uh, 30 of those uh, signatures and you are able to cook at least once on a competition team and uh, you pass a test and you earn the designation of a master certified barbecue judge. And that's currently what you are going to be chasing after now? 
I will be pursuing that. It will take a while because I, I'm still a competitor at heart. And, you know, it's really hard for me to kind of take a detour, uh, pass all my friends and take a back road into the uh, judging tent uh, because during the judging process, uh, teams are not allowed to socialize with the judges. So we, we try to maintain sort of a firewall between the two different groups so that the judging is impartial and objective. Harry Sue joining me here on the show. Um, so this counts as the the one tick on that uh, logbook you were just talking about. Yes, uh, yeah, wow. I, I actually had to sit at the judging at the kids table uh, because in California they have a process that they call the Southwest, uh, I guess, uh, process where they line up uh, all the judges who show up. So in a thirty team contest, there are thirty certified judges who show up. And they put the most uh, the judge who has the most contests judge on the front of the line, and the judge with the few <laughs> fewest number of contests at the back of the line. So I was at the way way back of the line, and uh, they pair up the senior and junior until all the tables are seated, so that the distribution of the uh, experience level of the judges at a table of six is pretty much even throughout the entire judging tent. You know, uh, when you look back on that class uh, that we were just talking about, could you get a little bit more specific, uh, if at all possible, on how the person going and presenting this class is kind of walking that fine line of not letting your personal preferences affect your scoring? Because, you know, look, we're all human and you can tell people to not take this into account or not take that into account, but there's going to have to be some spillage somewhere. How do they tell you to guard against that? Well, I think that the instructor can do their best to tell you that you shouldn't just a smoke ring. Uh, it's not a garnish contest. Uh, but, you know, in, inevitably, we're all human. Uh, I've seen it for many years now on the competition side. Even though it's expressly, say, written in the rules that uh, smoking, smoke ring doesn't count, as a competitor, I know on the day that my barbecue doesn't have a smoke ring, it's probably not the day that I'm going to be taking a walk. <laughs> uh, having said that, uh, they do try to instill into you some of the rules and the spirit of the rules and uh, things like you know not using illegal garnish. Uh, you only allow green leaf lettuce and uh, curly parsley. Uh, the fact that you try to judge it fairly. But at the end of the day, after you finish the judging class, uh, you ask, look at your scores. And inevitably, you find that you judge the boxes that had garnished slightly higher. And at the end of the day, they tell you it's the same barbecue that you ate. So it kind of teaches you that you really eat with your eyes, and you just have to be mindful and try to judge every box uh, based on its own merits or, or demerits. Harry Sue joining me here on the show talking about uh, the other side of competition, which is the judging portion, not the cooking. You know, Harry, I wonder if, if perhaps you wouldn't be more of a critical judge given your cooking prowess, the success that you have seen uh, both on the competition circuit, uh, some on television and so forth, you know, or at least someone who might be expecting profiles versus evaluating what's given. But uh, perhaps that's an unfair uh, assessment on my part. I think that that would be somewhat of a natural uh, reaction. And um, I, I, offer, I might offer a slightly different perspective. I have cooked many, many contests. And in many contests, I won. In many contests, I've gotten my butt kicked, turning in a recipe profile, a, re- a flavor profile, and a recipe that I thought was a winner. So I've become to realize that there is a, quite a wide and diverse spectrum of flavors and styles that can win. 
And over the years, right, I have switched styles essentially, you know, many, many times. In fact, I would say even a dozen times, switching styles across each of the four meats, always trying to reach that nirvana of flavor, presentation, tenderness, and appearance. And, and because of that, I, I, I have a sensation now that there is no such thing as perfect barbecue, singular. There's only perfect barbecues, plural. So I think that that's kind of opened my eyes in terms of having a kind of more diverse respect for different styles and different flavor profiles. Uh, I would have no hesitation even giving two entries, both nines, even though they taste different because, in my opinion, the pitmaster did an excellent job in presenting the meat, cooking it to perfect tenderness, and putting in you know, this great, awesome flavor into the meat. And that is episode 82 of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. If you'd like to hear the rest of this show, head over to the bbqcentralshow.com. There will be a link in today's show notes to take you to the complete episode. Check it out while you're there. Check out all the ways you can view and listen to the really big Barbecue Central Show live every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. One more call to action. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or the really big barbecue show again. As always, I am very appreciative of your listening. Made it 82 episodes. Let's keep this ship rolling. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I am your host, John Solberg, and I do look forward to talking to you again soon.